Hello and welcome to episode 18 of Just Keep Writing. A podcast for writers, by writers, to keep you writing. I'm Marshall. And I'm Nick. What's up, buddy? How, How you doing? doing? Good. <laughs> huh. You know. I, 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 uh, I'm kind of freaking out, buddy. Kind of freaking out. Ooh. <laughs> Breathe. Do, do we, gotta, we have we to gotta, do some classes together? Honestly, dude, like we have a lot of stuff happening in the next few weeks. And I'm just trying to get all my ducks in a row, trying to get everything sorted. And uh, then we're off on our big uh, conference retreat uh, for the year, man. Our biggest one. I, I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm not even going to lie to you about it. Yeah. Well, not even lying. I, I appreciate you not lying to me. I, uh, you know. <laughs> so we're talking about, obviously, WXR19, uh, Writing Excuses Cruise. We are getting ready to roll. All our ducks are in rows and our last things. So what did we have to do the last uh, couple weeks? We had to sign up for things. We had to choose things. And I may or may not have chosen my last thing right before we started recording. Uh, he, yeah, he did. I, I vowed for that. <laughs> and he's judging himself off of my past failures. We'll no, 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 no. Don't you dare what? say failures. Um <laughs> I but will. I decided to I decided to take the leap because obviously with this thing there are some uh, breakout sessions that you can sign up for and I don't know if I'm going to get them or not yet. Uh, it's kind of it's not so much a lottery in that um, I think they just try to I don't know how they do it honestly uh, they gauge interest and then they go from there. Who knows? Exactly. So, yeah. So some of the options are novel critique groups, short story critique groups. There's. Uh, um, other kind of breakout sessions and stuff as well. So I signed up for means I have a lot of work to do, but I, my number one choice was a novel critique group with one of the instructors. So I'm hoping that, um, if I get that, I can put something together, uh, that doesn't make me look like a crazy person. How about that? Is Ooh, that, I is like that the it. best way to say it? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> no, I'm I'm excited either way, dude. Um, I have a short story I can deal with if if I if I go with that. Otherwise, I got a lot of work to do on my current work in progress. But um, when do we not a, have a lot of work to do? We always have a lot of work to do. And writer, you know, this is what we do: is we just we just keep working, and it's never perfect. But um, there's always more revision and more things to be done. So you know, here somehow we, are, we just manage to just keep writing. Yeah. But speaking of. <laughs> we we had to work it in now remember we, we talked about that last time <laughs> every we episode work it in. <laughs> uh so the other the more fun aspect of this uh retreat is figuring out what excursions we wanted to do yeah so we got to chat about that which was kind of cool so i don't know i think we're gonna spend a lot of time on the beach man i'm excited we we actually have two full days planned on the beach back to back yeah back on to a back. private beach and yeah. I'm I'm just excited because it's like four to six hours just on a beach in the yeah. Cayman Islands and Jamaica. Yeah. Which means I'm getting a massage by the <laughs> ocean in Jamaica and I'm going to eat some jerk chicken. Hopefully. No, you know, we'll, we'll get you some food, man. And and here's here's my thing with the um, with the beach thing. And like when I when I tell people that we're going on this riding retreat and I'm like, oh, but it's on a cruise. And then we leave the boat and we do stuff. I mean, a lot of this stuff, I mean, not every rider sits around and writes 24-7. You got to have, what do they call it, uh, recharge, um, uh, self-love, that kind of thing. Whatever you want to say it. Um, 
you gotta you gotta recharge your batteries so that you can get back to it you know what i mean and you spend some time with some writers on a beach talking craft drinking a couple beers hanging out and then you get back you take a class and you recharge and, and ready to hit that bar con and do some writing early in the morning so that's what i'm looking forward to man i'm excited yes it, it, it will be a good year i yeah i don't know how much we want to talk about it on today's episode but we're gearing up for that we are 27 days away um, for any of you listeners who will be going on the cruise with us this year, Marshall and I are going to be there Thursday night, and we'd love to know that you guys are a listener. Or if you're in yeah, the Houston area and want to come hang out, let us know. All right, man. So let's. Uh, <laughs> so we got WXR out of the way. What are we doing this week? What are we going to talk about? What else we got going on? So. What we have going on coming up is we have another book giveaway. What, what? what? Um, so I am thinking, you know, we'll do a two month run of this, um, September through October. Um, okay. and before this one closes, we'll have an announcement of our next one, which I kind of want to gear some towards Christmas. Okay. Sounds good um, to me. But it's also one of those where if you guys don't want to write it and submit it, you don't have to. So I might just do it anyways. But for this month or the next few months, um, we are actually giving away one of David Whale's books. It is the first book in his series. And his second one just recently came out. And it is called Radko's War. Um, it will be a signed copy again, shipped out directly to the winner. Um you know, we only have one book this time around, which is fine. Um, David was kind enough to help us get our hands on one of those. So be on the lookout for that. We do have a writing prompt for this one. Um, and Marshall, what if we just extended the bounds of the word limit here and say 5,000 words? Up to. Up, up to 5,000. All right. I can do with that. So that way, I, I don't want to limit people when 1,000 words to try to give us a story per se. Um but yeah, yeah up to 5,000. So, and don't, you guys don't kill us. It's a lot of reading. Okay. Yeah. We're only two people. I'm only one man, Marge. That was from <laughs> Simpsons. But anyway, uh, yeah, man. Don't. So I'm, I, I'm down with it. It sounds good to me. 5,000 is fine. Um, and we don't have any other stipulations other than short story, 5,000 or less. 5,000 or less. And it has to deal. With refugees in some way. Okay. I think so, that's important. And this is the premise, I believe, of his series is dealing with refugees. All right. All right. And so our next episode, we'll give you as many more details as we can. But if you want to start uh, throwing your ideas at the wall and, and seeing what sticks, definitely start doing that and uh, working on something. 5,000 or less, something to do with refugees. And we'll give you more details next week, two weeks from now. Yes, we will. I'm excited, dude. This is gonna be good. I, I I am too because it. Not to say last month or last uh giveaway was too challenging, but I do I do feel like it was a lot for our listeners to kind of bite on and like feel comfortable writing. Well, it was also a very narrow scope. Um, and and if we broaden it a little bit, refugees is very broad. You can go yep. anywhere, any genre with that. Um, it doesn't have, you know, we're not being specific on who the, you know, protagonist has to be and that kind of thing. So I think that'll open it up a little bit, um, and have some fun with it. 
and you know uh i don't know i'm excited to see what you guys do and i really appreciate everybody who did submit to the last one um i did send out that copy of pimp my airship uh to the winner um or to one of the winners uh this week so hopefully it gets there soon and thanks everybody who contributed and if you did last time do it again keep doing it just keep writing (laughs) i did it i did it got it (laughs) oh i love it yeah i love it (laughs) all right man so what else are we gonna do this week we got stuff topics Ooh, discussion topics 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 so i mean so as we transition to this new format guys of every other week um please bear with us if we miss a week it's just because we literally forgot we were supposed to record that week right and it's nothing against you guys it's just how busy and crazy our lives are. So please be patient with us as we try to do two episodes a month for you guys and where we try to put it out every other week. If we can't, we can't. Hey. If we do, great. And if we go back-to-back weeks, it's just how scheduling works out for us. And 90% of the time, it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> I just went back. Look, I'm going to – disclaimer. We are recording this um, during my very first week of school. I'm back teaching students. I'm back in the grind. Um, I'm having a great time. My curriculum, my new curriculum is great. Uh, my new classes are great. I love it. But um, it was really hard. I had to take an, the first, rather than work a double the first day of school, I decided to take that night off um, from my night job. But uh, it's hard, man. I'm just trying to get back to it. But once I get in my groove, I'm good to go. So well, Last week, you were fairly sick. Oh, dude. I almost died. I forgot about that. What? Like, like, no, I didn't almost die, but I felt like I was dying. Um, hey. I just got, I just got super sick. I woke up Sunday morning, committed to play in this golf tournament and felt really crappy. And I was just like, Oh, I'm kind of lactose intolerant. I had a pizza late because I worked my night job. Long and short of it is I finished my round. It was match play. I tied my round and went home, got my kids, went and laid in the bed. Didn't get up until 8 a.m. the next morning. Like, my my wife checked in on me. I had a fever. It was I was a mess for, and that's my body basically telling me I've been doing too much. I'm pushing myself too hard, um, and so I'm recovered, fully recovered, and um, I'm ready to rock, man. Keep pushing until I get a fever again. <laughs> Hi, I'm Marshall. Uh, I'm a fever addict, and I'm yeah, recovering. Yeah. <laughs> I'm recovering fevers. Uh, eventually, I'll get another one another couple years, hopefully. <laughs> oh gosh. Anyway, man. Um, so anyway, that said, I was sick. Um, we, we made it work still tonight. Uh, this episode, hopefully we'll, we'll all be able to turn right around and it'll almost be like we didn't miss a week. So here we are. Yep. If you guys are troubled by our inconsistencies, just say something, say something, but most people seem fine. I talked to my, (laughs) I talked to my, uh, roommate on the cruise today. Um, uh, cause we were Eric? talking back and forth. Yeah. Eric, I was texting him back and forth and he says he listens to the show. He loves it. And I was like, he wasn't mad at me for any inconsistencies, so I'm, I I take that as a win. <laughs> hey, I like it as well. I like that as well. And he's um, an awesome guy, so thanks for listening, Eric. So I can't wait to see you in a couple weeks. There's so many shout-outs I can give, mm-hmm. you know, for the upcoming weeks and a lot of people who have kind of been helping us get pushed along and things like that. So all you listeners, thank you. For all these people that listen that we have never met, we thank you even more. Oh, yeah. And if it's your first time listening to this episode or this show, welcome. Yes, you're in for a treat. (laughs) Speaking of a treat, what are we going to talk about this week, dude? 
You have okay. this topic in here. And I'm very curious to see where you want to go with this. I do. So this is kind of stemming <laughs> off of Discord, right? Yeah. I did so see that conversation when I was sick. Right. So <laughs> you may not remember this then. I I saw it pop up and I was like, what are they talking about? Uh, fever. Sleep. <laughs> right. So it's the discussion of Tolkien. And there is one thing I just want to kind of like highlight and figure out. Okay, like what can we do? And now times as writers right now to make sure our writing transcends time. Hmm. Okay. So the issue, no one's going to argue. And if people do argue that Tolkien is a terrible writer and that his stuff sucks, eh, y'all, I'm not going to believe it. You know what I mean? Like you can point out minuscule things about it, but for the most part, like he laid the groundwork for a lot of fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they well, like that Dungeon Dragons and everything huh. else stem- stems from Forgotten Realms. All this stuff stems from Tolkien and what he created, what, in the 50s? So, God, you maybe even earlier because I know yeah. that it started off as children's stories, right. as in he would tell his kids stories at night and write them down, you know, right? So, he, you know, they call him the grandpa to fantasy for a reason. Yeah, so Lord but, of the Rings came out in 54. Wait, is that right? Uh, story begins a sequel. Okay, no, continue, continue. It's later, <laughs> earlier than that. Go ahead. It's even earlier than that? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it, if you take a look at anyone who studied literature and stuff like that, Tolkien's the, I want to say he's one of the, like, he may be even the first true fantasy type series. Yes. Um, where it's not sugar-coated with politics or anything like that, where it's just straight fantasy. Right. Um, don't fact-check me on that, because I'm betting I'm wrong, and I don't want to lose <laughs> myself. Um, so with Tolkien, there is, there's a lot of stereotypes that come out of that, i.e., he only write, writes white characters. He only writes straight characters. He only writes male characters, Right. Right. So, uh, yeah. So the the one thing I want to say is, yeah, there are some underlying themes in his work. Obviously, uh, you know, there are a lot of things that are still obviously things that are going through work that we that we read today. Obviously, we have you know evil empires and, and all this kind of stuff, right? And and yes, there are very few female roles and that kind of thing. But I mean, that's a that's a result of the times as well. You know what I mean? Um, so yes, you you got you got to kind of keep that in, uh you know in consideration and yeah um it was around the fifties we'll just leave it at that so I mean <laughs> well because well, there's opinion. a lot of date there's a lot of dates on the Wikipedia here I don't feel like messing with but you know in my head it's fifty four ish and that's where Lord of the Rings came out obviously there's some stuff that happened before that um as well and and this is right yeah. after the end of World War Two and all this too so I mean you well, got to see what authors l- see look at the, the UK and what they're primarily made up of like they're they're white uh and and that's not to say like there wasn't a heavy influence of anything else but you know the exposure of like the black community in europe at that time just wasn't really there and i kind of did some background check on it too and it's just like it wasn't a heavy influence like he literally wrote what he saw every day and this is and this is something as a teacher myself former i don't teach english anymore but one of the things you that should. I know I should, but one of the things that 
um, I did teach my students when I was teaching, you know, George Orwell or um, Aldous Huxley or something like that. It's like these guys, when they were writing, or Richard Wright and these guys that I taught before, um, and what they were writing was a direct result of what they saw. A lot of these guys like Richard Wright dealt with existentialism and the Red Scare and all of this stuff happening at the times. Um, and then obviously George Orwell was dealing with, you know, uh, World War II and all this other stuff that was happening. And, you know, as a writer, we write what we see. We write what we know and we reflect that world out, right? So why fantasy? Why is fantasy such a why do we still do this? And, and, and all of this kind of stems from what Tolkien kind of laid out. Um, personally, I like writing fantasy because you can deal with things like racism and stuff like that and not have to say, this person is black and this person is white, or this person is Hispanic and this person is Asian. Like, you have fantasy elements, but you can deal with all these themes and stuff as well. You know, you can make up races and make up cultures that clash for the same reasons that we clash um, on earth. You know what I'm saying? 1000% agreed with that. Yeah. So that's right. 1000%. So I, there are obviously, you know, we have to take into consideration the times that Tolkien wrote it. Right. Mm. But I want to look at is how do you, as an author, make sure that your works don't in 20, 30 years look dated. And look like, oh, as in the comic goes for certain movies and stuff like that. Oh, right. that didn't age well. And so. And, it, and it's, it's, a, it's a hard question in my opinion. It is a hard question. And I want to, let's, let's talk about, because I love movies. Let's talk about movies for a second. There are some movies you can go back to that don't age as well as others. For example, you can throw on Jurassic Park and you can throw on The Matrix. Just two that off the top of my head. You can watch those today and they they work. The special effects are still cutting edge and good, not compared to obviously what we have now, but at the same time they hold up, right? And I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I mean, I've put out there something that doesn't hold up as well is like the prequel films for Star Wars. Like they're fine, but I feel like episode four holds up a lot more than... Uh, the Phantom Menace, for example. And the only reason I'm saying that is because the special effects were so over the top and everything was CGI at a time where the trend, the transition, it's just, it's just really obvious that they're reacting to CG, CGI graph. Does that make sense? Like, mm -hmm. um, so like, for example, episode four, all you know, you do have some stuff added in there. Those practical effects do make the movie hold up a little bit longer now granted you today you don't have, really have that problem as much like the, the special effects are so much better so but how do you do this with writing you have to tell you have to tell stories that hold up regardless of the times and i think that's and i think that's a huge part of it you know what i mean like it's really difficult to teach a student or a young person um, not to say that they don't hold up and the stories don't hold up, but it's really hard to teach a student Shakespeare these days. And I'm only saying that in that it's because there's a barrier and the barrier is the language, right? 
For oh, me, I, dude, 100% agree. <laughs> and for me, and for me, like I can teach it, I can, and I know the stories and the language, but the language is still incomprehensible from the texting generation, right? But if you go back to there's certain movies, um, I'm sure you have some in your head that when you go back and watch it, it's like, oh, I remember this. Oh, this was so much better back then. So, but why is that? You know what I mean? And you don't want your stories, you, you want your story to be timeless. Um, and the package that you package it up in to hold up as well. And so how do you do that? I don't know. You got any ideas? I'm ranting so, a bit. No, 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 no. I, I know where you're going with this one. And I actually made a comment that the classics we consider of literature are classics, not because they're great now, but, but because they were so great in their times. Mm-hmm. I fur, oh man, I'm going to, I'm probably going to get yelled at for this one and I'm okay with oh, that. We're going to get some heat for this, but that's okay. I, I kind of firmly believe that a crappy fantasy novel now is better than fantasy novels 60 years ago. It also depends on, yeah, but. I, and I think the writing, so let's take, let's take Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. If you guys have actually read that book, you guys will know this. I think a crappy book now has better technique and verbiage than Mary Shelley did. And that is just a factor of times and language and how we talk and how we interact. True. But that said, there's something to be said for that work of literature and why it stands up in such high favor as it does. It's not to right. say it's, it's a difficult book. And I keep going back to teaching because if I was trying to teach Frankenstein, if I give a kid Frankenstein, you're going to give a kid Ready Player One. They're going to take Ready Player One 100%, right? Right. But that's not to say that Frankenstein, Mary Shelley didn't have craft and it wasn't a work of literature that that is going to be part with us forever. It's the fact that it's going to be left as a classic and not something that is going to be, you know, resurfaced and reread forever. Does that make right. sense? Mm-hmm. And, and it's only in that, and, and I, and I see what's being taught in our schools. Um, you know, there's some that have stuck around. I have a colleague that teaches the Scarlet Letter. I, yeah. you know, there's, there's some stuff I know, right? But that's the reaction that the students have. And it's tough because there are certain works of literature that I found really difficult in college to read. Um, that I had to re go, go back and read. I think I had to read, read the Scarlet Letter in college. I had to, there was a couple other things that I, we went back classics, went back and read. Um, I took a class in romanticism, a romanticism class, and that was a beast, dude. And, you know, and of course that same time period, um, dabbles in some of the gothic stuff like, uh, Frankenstein and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I can't, it's, it's, it's really, it's really hard. So, are we really trying to write something that's going to stand up for all time? Because in all honesty, man, I mean, if you look at, you know, Crichton's, uh, you know, Jurassic Park, nobody talks about that as a book anymore. No, no. Nobody talks about that as a book because it was a phenomenal movie that Spielberg did, right? I, I, mean, I, I was going to say, I don't know if many people know that it was a book first. Right. And a lot of people probably don't. But again, there's like Dan Brown, for example, who did, um, uh, what's the name of that freaking movie? Um, the one Tom Hanks was in it, right? Um, da Vinci Cast- Code. Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci, da Vinci Code. Remember that? So, like, some of these have been turned into movies. Um, personally, though, like, I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I don't know of any kids reading the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I, I know a lot of people know that it was a movie, and then they went and did The Hobbit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so right. But Tolkien is a. It's it's. I think it because of its beginning and because of what comes after, you have to hold it in really high esteem. So agree. So what do you do? How do how do we as aspiring writers, a lot of us, um, take into consideration the scope, the sheer scope of content that's out there, TV shows, movies, etc., and all these and all these books that are churned out every year. Are anybody is anybody going to think about any of these ever again? Only the ones that win awards. I mean, what what is really going to stick around? The ones that make good movies. Is that the is that the is that the marker of the 21st century is the fact that if your book gets made into a movie, you'll be remembered like a, like a Harry Potter. <laughs> right. I you know, I almost want to say yes to that, but I'm going to say no, because, you know, for example, Brandon Sanderson is right. so widely known. Right. None of his books have been turned into a movie yet. And it's I say yeah, because he did sell the rights <laughs> to his Cosmere. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's only a matter of time. Ma- um, yeah, matter of time. Um, I mean, but and to be fair, Lord of the Rings is getting another reimagining, right? Well, Wheel of Time, Robert Jordan and Brandon right. Sanderson, and that's coming back as well. So and, you know, okay, the Witcher series, mm-hmm. okay, it, and that's not even written originally in English language, right? You know what I mean? Like, and that has a three game video game series, right? Multiple spinoff books. Now it's going to have its own Netflix show. So let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. Does, and because I'm a geek, I'm going to ask you this question in a certain way. Okay. Does any of this matter? The reason I'm saying that is this. If, (laughs) so this is such a, a weird way to put this. Every work has a fandom. For example, one of the one of the more rabid fan bases of a TV show, the show ran like 13 episodes. Okay. Firefly. Firefly. Okay. <laughs> so you have, you have, you have 13 episodes of a TV show. Granted, they went and they made comics. They did a movie, right? But I can't, you can't go to a convention without there being a brown coats meetup or seeing people dressed up in that fandom, right? And again, does it matter if somebody, if, if there's, if it doesn't, if it's not made into a huge blockbuster movie or, um, you know, a long running series like a Harry Potter, are we, are we, what I'm, what I guess what I'm asking you is, are we worried about people being lost or about keeping the fans that we acquire? Hmm. I look at it this way, right? So the argument can be made that Tolkien work is great, but it's dated. He's very exclusive mm-hmm. when it comes to diversity, right? Right. Nature of his times. How do you how do you as a writer turn around and be like, okay, hey, like I don't want to I don't want people to be like look at my book and be like, oh, this set the foundation for X, but I'm not gonna read it because, you know, they're pretty X about this issue. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so for example, if you don't write, um, female characters well, you lost a fan, a part of your fan base. Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, not even just not even a fan base, but just an future example. fans down. The I got road, you. You know what I right, mean? Right. Right. Uh, so I mean, again, you know, and this came from our Discord discussion, which is why I wanted to talk about it. Um, so shout out for the two people that were discussing this. You racked my brain for a week about this, <laughs> and it, you know, it centers around being well. What's what's considered being inclusive and what's considered being exclusive is kind of like the roots I want to get down to, because that seems to be the overall theme throughout these books is if you're being exclusive to a certain group of people, usually you don't age well, your, your work won't age well, regardless of your medium. Right. And so that's where I want to kind of like dig a little deeper. Well, what's being exclusive. Tolkien was inclusive to the times that he lived in and what he saw on a day to day basis. So would you say he's exclusive or you just say, well, he wasn't inclusive of others? Because to me, I look at exclusive as being something malicious. So I don't I don't know if anybody's going out to exclude any group necessarily. You know, it also depends on the story you're trying to tell. Um, if we're talking about inclusivity, um, I think fantasy does the best of any genre in that they represent so many diverse races and cultures and stuff like that. Granted, you might be able to align them with ones in the quote unquote real world, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that the, the point of a lot of fantasy is to explore those conflicts and how they get resolved. Right. I don't have to attach orcs to, you know, a race in, in on earth in order to understand that the orcs and the elves don't get along. You know what I mean? Like that's just that's just fantasy, right? Dwarves aren't the biggest fan of elves. Why they hate each other, there's a history there and there's a history with conflicts on earth as well. Um so I don't know, man. I think I think what happens is what excludes people from these conversations and and what what gets fans later is the fact that what happens after the work, right? What happens, like, is there a movie, is there a popular TV show, that kind of thing, is is how you kind of get people back into something they may have missed because it was just a book. I don't know if that's what you're going for, or if that's what you're talking about. Are you talking about excluding actual sections of the population, or are you mm-hmm. talking about what makes something popular? No. The first one. Okay. Do you think anybody sets out to do that? Yes. Okay. Which, in that case, when people do it on purpose, to me, that is exclusion. and That is malicious. Now, if I write something as a white author and I don't include um, people of color, mm. am I being exclusive or am I just not writing a character who's a POC because I don't know it. But I still well, acknowledge they exist. It's a combination of things. It also depends on the story you're telling. If you're talking about... If you're if you're telling a story where it doesn't actually make any sense for people of color to be in that setting, in that world, that's completely different than... I, I feel like where you're coming from is you feel like you must include something from everyone to make sure you don't upset anyone. And I don't think that's the... I don't think that's why we write. You know what I mean? Like I write what I know and I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't set out to be like, well, I'm not going to include any, I don't know, 
I'm not going to include anybody uh, that's from Asia, for example, because I just, I've never been Asian. I don't know that culture. No, that's just not the story I'm telling. There might be, I mean, I just don't, I don't set out to do that. And I feel like we're, we're getting into the point, we're getting to the point right now in our kind of social media PC culture where I don't think we have to go after people because they didn't include stuff. I think we need to make sure that we are looking at the story they're trying to tell before they set, before we say they're excluding somebody. Does that make sense? I love you in so many different ways right now. It's not even funny. <laughs> but 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 you understand what I'm saying, right? I'm trying to tell so if I'm telling a story like like you read you've read the last couple of things I've written. Yeah. Right? And 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 those stories were very much centered around the fact that the main characters had to be black for a reason. There are white characters in my work in progress, but the white characters they're there to show what white characters are in relation to the black characters that are the center of the story, right? It doesn't make sense for me to, although <laughs> in part, in part two, <laughs> which you have, which you haven't read. Um, there's some white characters that are freaking trip, man. Um, but anyway, um, but I'm showing what some white characters do in the world that I created in relation to what's going on in the in in the story, but it's the story first. I'm not I'm not trying to be like, well, I better write a chapter with gay characters or trans characters or black characters or white characters for a reason. It has to serve the story first, and I don't think there's any reason to go after authors. If you're a white author and you're telling a white story, you tell your white story. What does it matter? Do you, does that make sense? Like, I don't I don't it, think you I don't <coughs> think you have to go out of your way if it doesn't make sense for the story and don't do it just to include when it doesn't make sense for the story. But if that's the story you're trying to tell, then do it right. And that's when you have your sensitivity readers and everything else. So I, let me just say this. I totally appreciate you always answering my tough questions Mm -hmm. and letting me steer the conversation. So a couple of weeks back, you and I actually had a conversation about this because I do have a, I have a short fiction piece um, with the f- a black female lead. Right. right. And we, we got into this, this mm-hmm. write the story you want to tell. It doesn't matter if she is black or not. It doesn't matter if, if she is a she. And you and I had this cu- discussion offline. And that's kind of like, mm, I nudged you in the right direction to kind of answer that. It all, <laughs> t- for me, okay, and if anyone has any comments about what I've said earlier, like just know I was driving the conversation with questions. He does this. I'm used to him. Please don't take it for like 100% <laughs> my thoughts and purpose on everything. I like to steer conversations and be the devil advocates at times. But um, I like what you said. Write the story that you want to write. And I do agree with you that, you know, I think we have hit a time where it's like we need to stop attacking people regardless of what they are of being exclusive when they're not trying to tell that story of that other person. But the one, like, thing yeah. mm-hmm. the one thing I didn't say, one thing I didn't say on that note is that write the story that you want to write, but is that the story that is going to sell? And that's a completely different conversation. If, you're, and I, will, if I will never tell someone to write the story that's going to sell. No, never. But my point is, is if you're getting constant feedback saying, if, if, if all your feedback is this, this story is not diverse enough 
And I'm only saying that in that, well, if, if the story isn't driven by the fact that every character is white, then why isn't there anyone else? Can, okay. Do you know what I mean? Can you give me an example of a book that does this unintentionally or intentionally, whatever? Can I give you an example of a book that does this intentionally or not? Something that's been recently written, because obviously we right now can default to Tolkien, Mm -hmm. which could have included, but because of the times, you know, whatever. But Um, you kind of have to put fantasy aside a little bit, too. I'll I'll throw this one out there. Ender's Game. Right. Now, which is something that it, it's, it's that, like, that Orson Scott card gets flack for. Yep. Well, he, I actually did some research on him and he gets flacked for a lot more than that. Oh, I know. I know. He might be he might be not the one we need to bring up here, but but but, but I, the I like thing him is, for a bad example. So okay. So if 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 you want to look at that for a second, you gotta think about a couple things. There are certain folks that will write the stories that they want to write and that's it. Right. So, and I'm, and I'm saying that and, and that's, that's in a negative connotation. So what I mean is with someone that is heavily influenced by beliefs, religion, um, you know, um, anything from, and I'm not putting Orson Scott card in this category, but anymore, but I'm saying like, you know, um, anti-Semitism and, and stuff like that. Like if you're, if you're rooted, if you're coming from a place like that, that will ultimately be reflected in your writing. And I'm not 100%. saying, Orson, and I'm not saying Orson Scott card is, is, is doing that, but I'm saying like, I think that certain authors let their beliefs drive what they write to, um, to a point to where it, it hurts them. Mm-hmm. Because when you look back at those works, it's like, okay, but how come some of these kids and Ender's Game is a, is an awesome, awesome, awesome story, awesome world. One um, of my favorite science fiction books I've yeah. ever read. I taught that book as a seventh grade language arts teacher, teacher, and my students loved it. It was some of it was probably the only book some of those kids ever read, and I taught them again multiple times in high school. <laughs> um, and 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 that was the only book they ever read. And they said, "Mr. Carr, I just I loved Ender's Game, man. It was it's such a cool book, and it is, but." When a lot of his writing is driven from that place, you can look back and say, okay, so cool. That's great. But like, are there anybody, is there anyone in this world that's not white? Right. And Mm -hmm. why is all this heavy religion really influencing what's going, you know what I'm saying? Like you can kind of dig into it and it's a lot easier if you don't, if you give them nothing else, you know? So I think that's a pretty good example from, of what you're talking about. Um, there's no reason other kids in that story couldn't have been something besides white. There might've been a couple, but it was definitely an afterthought. It seemed, you know, and and to be honest, like there is getting on the topic of, you know, writing characters, the white default. And I, I think a lot of people fall into that category by accident where I'm not going out of way, out of my way to specify that, you know, a family walking into the street is anything other than white. Or my a quick interaction with the gas station clerk, you know, they're anything but white. Mm. Or in that scenario, stereotype, you know, pull away from the stereotype to make sure I don't fall into that, right? Right. So, like, it, it, it's just one of those things. And 
maybe we're off tangent now by now. I don't know, but no, I think I think we're good. You were asking for about you were asking for um, a recent work of fiction that was coming from what a place of no, just a place uh, whether it's negative or accidental, but where they're exclusive on things. I think I think we're not getting it as much. I think we're not going to get those works anymore. Honestly, I think after listening to podcasts from uh, you know agents and talking to agents to agents from different backgrounds um, and people in the literary world, I just don't think we're going to get that often anymore. And I think that's the reason. I think we're not going to get it because we need. It, it goes back to the the comic book movie thing, right? And mm-hmm. it goes back to comic books in general. Like when comic books first came out, every superhero was a white dude, you know, in leotards with flowing blonde hair, right? So you, you, you get these, you get this, but like, when am I going to see someone that looks like me in reflected back, right? And you're getting that more in movies. You're getting that more in TV shows. And we're making it so like, I think it's, I think it's super important to widen your fan base like you know <laughs> right like the the as much flack i don't know if you heard uh, and this is crossing over probably into my other podcast but there was the announcement of the casting for the new um little mermaid remake uh from from oh. from disney and Did they announced- i have so much to say <laughs> about that because uh, some of you may know i'm i'm conservative i am lds slash mormon um you know so I do have those circles where they're pretty, quote unquote, pretty far right. Not extremist right, but like they're considered more right than middle. Right. Nothing popped up in anything of mine. Couldn't find a lick of it other than my more left friends and like bringing up that like, oh my gosh, you can't believe people are making an issue out of this. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? I literally (laughs) talked to someone who I know is straight up like – probably racist and oh god and they're just why, like why do we do this show together i don't know <laughs> i'm just kidding continue and the, they're just like who gives a shit it's a cartoon <laughs> but it's what's hilarious about it is it's a it's it's a a fictional so disney's uh you know take on it in the little mermaid in the 90s mm-hmm. was based off of a work of fiction Right, so you have a fictional reimagining, and then another fictional reimagining, and everybody's like, "Well, My Little Mermaid needs to be white with red hair." That doesn't make a lick of sense. It doesn't make any sense if you so, read if you read the original. That's a dark piece of literature, man. Oh, dude, she she, she, freaking, she kills herself at the end. Uh, she I mean, she commits suicide at the end keep of that. Mind <laughs> Disney put up Pocahontas with a happy ending. <laughs> I know Disney. Does I will what just they do. say I was but, pretty pissed about that one. <laughs> but the reason that I put the reason that I'm bringing that up is that I feel like we're going to get less and less of the um, stories like the Ender's Games to where it's and, and I don't want to say whitewash, but I mean you, we're, we're not going to get as many of those stories as we're going to get the other stories now because we're we're at an age where we have a more uh, we have a wider vocabulary. We have a wider understanding of people mm-hmm. and cultures. And I think including more people has proven over the last, I mean, look what Marvel's done. Look what people are doing right now. I mean, over the last 15 years, we've proven that more diversity 
will widen your fan base. And the wider your fan base, the more of that content that you get, right? So you right. make you write you write a story that might get picked up um and might get picked up for a movie or a TV show um the more that you include the bigger your the the more kids will see themselves on the screen. And I know when I saw Black Panther I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is more than I could even imagine for a Marvel film." And I I can't even tell you how many times I cried the first time I watched that movie. You know what I mean? But especially at the end. Don't get me started on the end. Um, but, <laughs> but the, you know, the fact that they went back to the black neighborhood and, and it happened to be Oakland where my dad was raised and, you know, and, and bringing that neighborhood back up and that, 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 that says so much. You know what I mean? And the fact that you have all of these films working in together to make one cohesive story and including so many people, I think that's, I think that's huge, man. And I think that that's where we need to, what we need to remember is as writers, especially with so much content out there and all of us want to be the next Tolkien or the next, you know, JK Rowling or whatever, you know, we all want to be that, but at the same time, we want to make sure that our work lives on and that we have a fan base that sees themselves in our work. You know what I'm saying? Um, which is why I latched on to Ari Salvatore so much is because Drist is a black dude running through the underdark and on the surface trying to make it and trying to deal with discrimination and racism and everything else. And, and to me, that was a fantasy world that spoke to me, you know, an outlier making a difference, doing good, you know what I mean? And despite everybody hating him, you know, and I think that that's what I think the power of, of, of fantasy is, honestly, and what I think we need to see more of. So, um, am I done ranting yet? I don't know. You tell <laughs> you, you tell me because we we definitely have a good episode if you ask me. <laughs> it's a little heavy today. Which, it's heavy, you know. But I, I, but I think it's important. I know. I, at least I've talked about it multiple times, and like being diverse in your writing and i'll admit like i do feel like there is pressure for me for Mm -hmm. me as a white author as a white male author that to make sure i have that included somewhere because if i don't you know i just feel like it's going to be called out right away but again i think this is where excuse me this is where world building and a, a a strong story take the lead does that make sense? So yeah, you don't you don't have to set out to write a black story as a white author because that that's almost that's almost counterintuitive in some way, right? So you set out to tell your story and see what the world looks like around that story, right? If your main character, <laughs> correct, it's, it's okay to for you to write a white protagonist i the the one the story you wrote has a white protagonist that i wrote the the ci story or the side story remember that one not it's according a, to that opening line sir well not according to the opening line <laughs> but it, it's a white character but like that doesn't i don't know why it's so weird like okay i can i'll write a white character with obviously racist themes and other things going on here but you can write the story that you want to write, but it's about the world that you've created and it's about the world and about the story you want to tell. And 
around that, around that person, you know, I'm not saying you have to just throw in a token black friend, but you, you, you got to see what the world looks like around that person and, and write that story. And if the feedback you're constantly getting back is everybody here is white, you can, if you can't justify why that's the case, then rethink it. Makes sense? But I wouldn't go out and make a point of saying, I need to have X amount of characters from this, 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 and this background because I don't think that, I think that does you a disservice as a writer because you're, you're, you're not writing the world, you're writing for inclusivity. Which should be all in the same. I want to write the story I want to write, but I need to be able to, you know, like you're saying, the world around you has to be represented. And in the world that you create has to be represented as well. Okay. Right. So so you write, if you, okay. So that said, if you write a story that takes place in. In the end. And genre matters. Because if I write a fantasy story about. An elf who's from this section of the forest, and they're all light-skinned, and then everything takes place within his village. Okay. I mean, how much how much of the outside world's going to influence that, right? I think that's what you're going with, right? That's what I'm. That's that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. You know, if if you write a story, but again, it also depends on context. Matters, dude. You can write a story in, you know. Uh, in the streets of Chicago about these about white characters trying to figure out how the hell to make it that's fine too but what does the world look like around them you know what i mean it depends right. on what what they've created and, and and the scope of your story too if it's a very small intimate tale about or tale a uh, story um, with these you know white characters in a in a rundown apartment complex in in you know I don't know, lack of a better word, ghetto Chicago. Granted, there's gonna in the periphery, you know what's going on in in urban Chicago, but your story is about these characters. Does that make sense? It's not you don't have to be like, and then some black people showed up. Like you don't if that's not the story you're telling, <laughs> then that doesn't matter. Do you do you see what I'm saying? Oh gosh, I hope no one just randomly does that. Uh, I, I, that's your challenge honest, for this week. Yeah, that's a black people show up. <laughs> and do it in a classy manner. Five words. Um, <laughs> oh my God. For the most part, I, I do believe you and I are on the same page. If I'm playing devil's so. advocate, let me know. But it's one of those where I, you know, you know, and this is me kind of openly admitting it for the first time that as a white author, white male author, I do feel like there is some pressure for me to be diverse in my worlds mm-hmm. that I build, regardless of the story I'm trying to tell. And maybe that's just a me thing. If I'm wrong, you guys reach out to me and tell me I'm wrong because woo, I will feel well, normal. I think you're, I think you're I think you're wrong. I think you're right for the wrong reasons. <laughs> what? I think I, <laughs> I, I I know that doesn't make any sense and and it's I was just kind of being silly, but I think you're right in that there is pressure, but if you tell if you tell the right story, it doesn't matter who you are and what you're trying to say. It's the story that holds up. Right. So, I mean, for example, I hate to bring this up, but, um, how many, how many 
really, how many diverse characters in are in Game of Thrones? Ooh, boy. <laughs> so, do, do, do you see in, what I'm saying? Yeah, in Westeros, none. Right. So, my because point is... Because Ireland flipped upside down. I'm just saying, guys. I mean... <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to point out that but that is not that's that that world is not about <laughs> it's certainly not about what you're trying to say it's about holy crap this world sucks and what is wrong with these people it doesn't really matter what the people are and what they what they are doing it's the story you're telling and the world that you've created so I think I think that's the take that's the takeaway here for you I think with for with me. what with with really? what you're feeling with what you're feeling as a as a white author and and we've talked about this multiple times dude yeah and and and, and I think that's why this conversation got a little heavier is because we have talked about this so often or on occasion so um I don't I think you just you got to tell a kick ass story and the rest is going to come with it honestly amen so what for our listeners out there yeah takeaways from this from our discussion today right Mm. So, Tolkien is great. Sure. Tolkien's kind of, you know, the foundation for a lot of people. But we have to remember that Tolkien wrote in his times. Well, also the foundation for modern day fantasy. Well, we know it. Yeah. Period. Yeah. E- e- yeah. So, for you as an individual and your writing, represent the world that you have around you and tell the story that you want to tell. Mm-hmm. And we write, we write what we know, period. And kick ass and take names, Mo's. <laughs> Y'all got this. This is a little heavy one today, but I'm glad we did discuss it because, you know, I, I do think we have to have these hard discussions, these hard conversations of, hey, like, I feel this as this type of person. Like, do I have to include all this? Or, hey, like, you know, I really love this author, but. He's not very inclusive of all cultures. Like, how, like, do I boycott him? Do I just ignore him? Do, what can I? What can I still learn from him? If he's a think- white supremacist coming out and saying this is why I wrote this, that's a different story. But I, I don't think we have to come. I don't think. <laughs> I, I don't think we have to. I mean, right? I mean, I also don't think we have to come at it as um, we we have to do a thing. Right, we don't have right. to. We don't have to do anything as writers. We're creating our own worlds, right? So, mm-hmm. if the feedback you're consistently getting is the diversity thing, then it's time, I think, to look at where you're coming from with the story you're trying to tell. But Marshall, how do I get feedback to know if I'm writing a diverse world or not, and if it's needed? I'm glad you asked, sir. Um, <gasps> you will <laughs> no give it to people. Beta readers, uh, you have, you have a couple folks that are looking specifically for that. You have a friend, um, that you say, Hey, I want, you know, as a non white person or whatever, how do you feel about the story I'm telling? And if they are like, Oh, this is cool. You know what I mean? And they don't right. mention the fact that, you know, there's one, one culture or another isn't represented. That I don't think if that's not the story you're trying to tell, that's not the crux of it anyway. And really, it comes down to the writing and the world that you've created. Period. You heard it here first, guys. Straight from Marshall's mouth. Who's and I could be way off base. Let me know. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's true too. I mean, we both could be off base here. Uh, No, but you know, I think we're okay. 
no, definitely. I appreciate the conversation you're willing to have with me about this stuff, but it definitely, Always. it eases me mm. being able to be like, yeah, cool. Like, you know, I don't have to worry so much and like focus my areas and other focus my writing in other areas and not worry so much about others. Um, but, Cause it, I, I do get, I do get worried about that. So, but I think, I think the other thing, man, is like, if you think about this, if, if, the writing process is as long and arduous and tedious as I'm led to believe. You're going to have to live with this story for the rest of your life, right? You want to make sure you're coming from a place where this is the story that you wanted to write from the get-go, not because you felt like you should have done it in this way to please someone. We're not... and and. And for lack of a better way of saying it, who cares what other people think? You write your story. I, Kevin, yeah. Think, think about this. I, um, Kevin Smith is one of my heroes for a reason. He's a white dude, right? He didn't, you Gasp. know. I know it's crazy, um, <laughs> but some of the some of the stories he's told in the movies he's made, people are like, "Dude, that was that was shit, man." And he's like, "Yeah, but that's the story I wanted to tell, and I'm really happy with this movie." And like, I don't think I don't think starting to tell a story with those people in mind is the way to go. You take their opinions into consideration as you are revising, and you go from there, right? Well, I, and, you know, side note, when it comes to critiques and getting advice from people, like, y- you guys ultimately will know what is the good advice and what is the bad advice. You know yeah. your story more than anyone else. You know, if anyone ever tells you, hey, like, 90% of your story sucks, like, you know, you're more than likely only going to take about 5% of what they say. Right. You know, in consideration. So, you know, in your writing groups, get critiques. You don't have to take everything to heart. You don't have to take everything as 100% fact that you had to change everything because of them. But, it, it, you know, it, it's something for you to consider, reread, 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 and then you know. Because a lot of times they're only getting Absolutely. a sample, three to 5,000 words of your 50,000 manuscript. You know, and, uh, go and, ahead. And, and just and, and again, man, just to circle back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, like one of the things um, on the writing retreat that we're about to go on is there's novel critiques and short story critiques and stuff like that. in these groups and these are great people and there's some great instructors. But, you know, I wrote I have like 42, 43,000 words on the story that I've written or, you know, my current work in progress, and I'm going to go there with, what, five? Yeah. 6,000? You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, maybe that part of it doesn't work or parts of it does, but, like, look at how much I have to work with, and I'm going to take what I can from that and, and move forward and, and, and let that ripple throughout the rest of the eventual 90, 90, 100K that's going to end up, right? Yeah, no, and it, and it's super hard because when you do like a limited critique like that, you're only being critiqued on that five thousand. One of the things I like in critique groups, like if you want to know more about the five thousand words that you read for someone, ask them. Ask them what's going to happen next. Be like, hey, do you know what's happening next? Because this is what you set up here, and I feel like you're doing this. And that's going to really help the author out to know if they're on the right track or not. Or they can turn and be like, well, this is where I'm actually taking this turn at is here. How do you feel about that? And you can be like, that's awesome. Or be like, don't do that. (laughs) Right. So and that's that's the type of feedback I appreciated over Futurescapes is 
we got done doing my portion and they were like, okay, I've got questions for what you're doing after and what you have set up. And that's yeah. when I was like, cool, you're hooked. Like, okay, I've got that. But now I know like you're letting me know what my promises are without actually telling me what my promises are. Exactly. And then you got to make sure that you deliver on those promises <sighs> when you go back to revise those, the rest of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, be working on um, our next giveaway. And we would like to read more of your stuff. Nick loves reading your guys' stuff. And it's something we would like to do more of. And, uh, yeah. So, where would we end? Under, under 5,000 words? Um, under 5,000 has to do with refugees. All right. I, I like it. You got I it. I like it a lot. <laughs> all right, man. We're out. This has been Just Keep Writing, a podcast for writers by writers to keep you writing. I am at Darth Pops on Twitter and Nick is at Bright Inks. You can find this show on iTunes and your favorite podcatchers. So like and share this show with your writing community. If you'd like to share or discuss anything we talked on the show or whatever you have going on, you can post it on our Discord channel, Facebook page, or send it to me. I am Marshall at MarshallCar.com or Nick at Nicholas Bright at BrightInks.org. You can find our writing and the show notes for each episode on our websites, marshallcar.com and brightinks.org. Lastly, if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is patreon.com slash justkeepwriting. And you can find us there and give us a couple bucks an episode and help us do what we do and we can help you. Now just keep writing.